Aloha, thank you for pressing play. This is Stacy Mahoy from StacyMahoy.com, sports mom to eight active kids, living in Hawaii, married to my high school sweetheart. I am here to help support, encourage, inspire, nourish you as you go through this journey of youth sports with your child. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the show. All right. Aloha and welcome. Thanks for pressing play. My name is Stacy Mahoy from StacyMahoy.com. Today I'm here. So excited to be with Kathy Feinstein. Is that how you pronounce it? Is that correct? Yeah. Kathy Feinstein. She is a licensed mental health counselor as well as a certified sport performance um, consultant. And I first came across, across paths with her in Janice Meredith's Positive Sports Parenting Facebook group. And um, she left a comment on a post where Janice shared a blog post of mine. And so I kind of like, who is this person? I think I, think I saw the KAF Consulting um, name somewhere. So I was like, what, what, what does she do? You know? And so I found your podcast. I was immediately intrigued because it's called parenting peak performers. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, peak performers podcast, the alliteration caught my attention. Uh, the name immediately appealed to me because it's kind of where I've been as far as thinking about how to help, you know, other parents, parent competitive athletes or parent high level performers or that same sort of concept so that that actual phrase has gone through my mind before and to see it out there and somebody you know serving with that was awesome to see and then I pressed the play button to listen to an episode and the introduction I just totally fell in love because you talk about um, confirmation that you're on the right track or inspiration and guidance to kind of do better and I love that choice of words inspire and guide it's very supportive it feels you know, encouraging. So I love that. And then it also talks about the power of our own attitudes and beliefs and the way that we're thinking in our thoughts. And over the last few years, I've really deepened my understanding of just how crucial that is or how powerful and important that can be. And when we really work on ourselves and our own mindset and our own thought processes, um, it directly influences our child's experience, how we interact with them, how we respond to different things, and it, I think it has a direct impact on their experience and their performance. So I'm super excited to talk with you today, and I just, before we dive into all that, um, why don't you give us a little history on you, your story, you know, your experience. You're also a sports mom. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into what you do? Sure. Stacey, thank you so much for having me and thank you for that wonderful um, introduction too. Um, I know right away when I read your post on the parenting page that we were very like-minded, so I'm very happy to be be here with you tonight. Um, Okay, so I started counseling um, back in 1998, so quite a while ago. Mm -hmm. And in 2006, both my girls were at the height of their athletic careers and they were both experiencing um, performance anxiety. Mm. And so I started looking around for somebody to help them and the closest person I could find was about four hours away. Wow. And, and so I thought, you know what, this is, you know, if I have this need, I'm wondering, you know, if there are other people that have this need as well. So in the course of my research, I found an organization called the Association for Applied Sports Psychology, and they were offering certification in um, performance and sports psychology. And I started looking into that, and it was going to be a pretty... Um, you know, long road. <laughs> and quite honestly, I was thinking, you know, do I really need this? I'm a counselor, you know, I can do this. And I am so glad I did it. And I did, I embarked on that. It took me five years. I had to go back and take 
five courses and did a 700 hour practicum. And by that time, my daughters were, you know, they didn't need me. They didn't need it anymore. They were already off on their own, but I never looked back. It has been wonderful. And my work in sports psychology has really surprised it, which I guess surprised me, influenced my work in general counseling. And I use a lot of some of the interventions that I use with athletes, I use in my general counseling practice. So that's kind of how I came to that. And I think that um, my passion for for sport parenting and sport parents um, was born of being a sport parent and also um, struggling quite a bit mm-hmm. and getting caught up in what um, you know uh, I think a lot a lot of us get caught up in and made some big mistakes and um, and have been really very committed to sharing my story and to um, you know helping other parents and that's how the podcast came about and I just launched it. It's pretty new. I launched it in December and I just finished my, I think my eighth interview and it's been awesome. Yeah. It's been I, really amazing parents and um, it's, it's really been a great experience. Yeah. The, the episodes that I listen to, they're so easy to listen to and digest and definitely the people, the guests that you have on great insights, great stories. You do an excellent job of allowing them to share their story and, you know, share those thoughts and insights, lessons learned along the way. And I think um, you and I are very similar in that I've also, my oldest child is 21. So, and my youngest is three. So we've got a whole bunch of, you know, time that I I was an athlete as growing up. So I've been in youth sports, my kids have been in it. And um, yeah, definitely made lots of mistakes and things (laughs) that I look back on now. and, And now that I know what I know, and I'm still learning, obviously, but, you know, there are some things that was like, why, why did this not make sense to me before? Why didn't I not realize this before? And, um, and it's, it's those things that like you, it just drives me to kind of share what I've learned and, you know, hopefully help other people avoid some of the mistakes and the heartache and the stress and the overwhelm that we've encountered. So um, I think the episode that I listened to, you had said something about not quite being aware of you know, certain things that were happening with your daughter. I think the person was talking about just kind of staying in touch with them as far as whether or not they're having fun, whether or not they want to be doing what it is they're doing and just kind of lacking awareness in some things. So what have been like some of the biggest aha moments from when your children were in sports to where you are now that have been helpful for you? Um, okay, there were there were a couple of big ones. So if I can give you a little bit of background, my daughter was um, she loved horses from the time she was about three years old, and when she was in uh, second grade, she started taking horseback riding lessons once a week. And by the time she was eleven, we had gotten her a pony, and she was showing you know she was doing some competitive local horse shows. And then um, by the time she was uh, up. 15 or 16, she had taken that pony as far as he could go and she needed a a bigger, stronger, better trained horse. So we did that and she started competing at the international level. And that's kind of when things began to fall apart. And I think the biggest aha for me was that um, even with what I knew, you know, being a counselor, mm-hmm. um, even with what I knew, I was, it was amazing to me that how I got so caught up in all of that mm-hmm. and really 
um, I was living the dream. I was living, you know, I was living through her success. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hear those stories all the time. And I think that it was just, to me, it was just so eye-opening and so amazing for me to be able to connect those dots that this had happened to me and how easy it, it is that it can happen. Especially when, for me, having unresolved um, uh, issues as an athlete, you know, never really having had that experience as a, as a, as a young uh, girl. And so she was, you know, it was perfect. She was doing it and I was making it happen. And if it wasn't fun, I was going to make it more fun. And um, so until, you know, I, I just couldn't do that anymore. But that was, uh, so that was a big aha. And um, I think another thing that what I really wasn't aware of was how I had set things up for her to feel really guilty about it. You know, I mean, our family had made a lot of sacrifices for her to, to go and, and compete with this horse. And, um, you know, it was a lifestyle. I mean, we were traveling every weekend, you know, going back and forth across the state for, for training and horse shows. And it was so set up that she couldn't, she couldn't back out. She couldn't say it wasn't fun because it, we were all so invested. And so I think that that was something else that I really ignored, uh, you know, I would get inklings of it, but I just didn't want to see it. And so, yeah, I ignored it until I couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I, I know for me, I mean, we've always kind of been like, you know, don't live through your kids and other people are living vicariously through their child. And, and in other people, maybe it's easier to see than in yourself. I'm not sure. You know, I've always been like, no, no, we're not doing that, you know, and, and it wasn't so much that. I felt like I was living through my child, but we did get to a point where it was like, there was a situation that provided a huge upside for her, was presented with this huge upside for her, big possibilities and this and that. And there were things about it that I didn't like, things that I normally wouldn't compromise on. But then I thought, well, what am I willing to do for my child? You know, like, am I willing to deal with this because it's so promising for her or it's, you know, this huge opportunity for her? And so I did kind of, in that instance, kind of compromise values that I normally wouldn't because I thought like, I'm doing this for her, you know, like I'm sacrificing like what I really want for, you know, something that's a possibly good thing for her. And um, now I look back on that. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do that again. Like if there's something that's really a core value for me, like we just don't compromise on that ever. If something feels completely wrong in your gut, like just that's a no, <laughs> you know, like, um, so that's something that happened with me was like, I ignored these alarm bells, like literally probably the only time in my life where they were ringing so loud. And I was like, no, no, no. If, if, if that was the case, someone would say something or some, you know, something else would clue me in. I'm like, maybe I'm just overreacting and there's so much good that can come of this. So maybe we'll just deal with it sort of thing. And, and so from that, I learned, I'm like, no, I'm, don't ignore your mama gut and don't ignore those huge, you know, that feeling. And um, so what do you think are some signs that maybe parents can look for in their own behavior or maybe in the way that they're thinking or feeling that would indicate that maybe they're too tangled up in, you know, the achievements or failures of their child. Maybe they're feeling like, because I know I felt like, like my worth as a parent was being judged based upon what my children were or were not doing or what they were achieving or, you know, mm -hmm. and, and once I separated that, things are a lot simpler and less stressful, but I didn't even realize how much of a factor that played in my own decisions or my interactions with them where I was feeling judged based upon their performance or their achievement. 
So do you have any insights on that or any, as far as like what parents, what maybe red flags parents can look for in themselves or their own behaviors or their own feelings that would clue them in that maybe they need to adjust their attitude or yes. their feelings? I've got a couple. Okay. Um, one, uh, one of them is I remember many times feeling like I was pulling my daughter along. Mm. You know? Like I had more enthusiasm than she did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's when I would just challenge myself. Oh, this is not fun. I'd make it fun. I, I was working harder than she was, not physically, but, right. you know, orchestrating, organizing, setting up. Right. Yes. So that was one thing is, you know, recognizing when you're working harder than your athlete is. You know, I would hear things from other parents. Oh, your daughter's so lucky. You're so committed. And I think that that's something when you start to hear that, oh, you give so much of your time, you know, taking a look at that, you know, and, and, and challenging yourself a little bit on that and what that, what that might be about. Um, I think another thing too was resentment. You know, there was some times when I was feeling very resentful and that's because I wasn't setting any boundaries around what she was doing. I was doing things I didn't really want to be doing. And so when you, you know, start feeling resentful, when you start um, being very caught up in, in statistics and stats and winning, those sorts of things can be, can be red flags. And also, I think the other thing too is, um, is really paying attention to how your child is responding. You know, are they having fun? Are they, you know, are they not having fun? And, you know, what are the conversations like? Are they not excited to go to practice? And just really paying, paying attention, you know, listening with your ears and with your eyes. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think a lot of times our kids are communicating with us the best way they know how, it may not be with words, and we're not hearing it, we're not paying attention or we're not, we don't want to hear it, maybe sometimes is the case. That was me. <laughs> so, you know, so being really open to that. And I think um, one thing I get a lot of parents who, an area that they struggle in is they, they know their child has potential or ability, or, you know, they hear it from everybody. Your daughter's so good at this, or, you know, she can do this, or she can do that. And so they're wondering, like, their struggle with knowing when to push and when to back off or how much is too much or when do I push her and when do I not? So do you have anything you'd like to share about that particular situation? Well, the first thing that I want to share about that situation is I think it's really so beneficial when, when we can really emphasize the effort over the outcome or over the talent, because I think that when, you know, when as parents that we really, value that our, the talent our children have, it helps them develop a real fixed mindset. And when we're valuing the effort and the hard work and, and the things that they're doing to achieve for achievement, I think those are the things that help to create a growth mindset. Um, so that would be the one thing that I would, you know, really encourage parents to do to really focus on effort and not outcome. Mm -hmm. um, as far as pushing them, you know, really, um, you know, praising that effort and pushing them and including them in the conversation. You know, one of the things um, that I remember with my younger daughter who played basketball, she was an amazing middle school basketball player. She was fearless out on the court, having a blast, having such a good time. And then she got recruited by an AAU team and she started playing with other players that played just like her. 
And all of a sudden she lost her confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, she was like, whoa, she like a deer in the, in the headlights. Yeah. And I think at that point it would have been really smart for us to take a step back. And, you know, even though it was really so um, cool that she was invited to play on this travel team, take a step mm-hmm. back, say, you know what? It's, it's not time yet. It's not ready because she really, it took her a long time to recover from that. And I think that um, you know, we were pushing her a little too, too hard, too fast. Okay. So I think a lot of parents struggle also with like, they feel like their child should be ready. Like they, from everything that they've seen, they know their child can do it. And then their child gets into that situation and they see them overwhelmed and, and it's like, they don't understand. They're like, well, you know, you can do this. So I don't understand, you know, like I hear that it's, it's scary maybe, or a little uncomfortable, but you know, this is the kind of thing you need to push through. This is the kind of thing that's going to make you better. And that's sort of the angle that they come at it. And what I see in those situations is a child that just really doesn't feel like anyone gets it. Um, and, and then they feel a little bit less supported. I don't think that, obviously that's not a parent's intention, right? Because we're just trying to help them be their best. Um, but then that's kind of what I see a lot of. It's like, you know, they feel like their child can do it. And so even with all of these signs that maybe they're not ready or maybe it's not quite the right fit or maybe you know they need a little more time and I think parents also feel at that high school level or age group that there's there isn't time you know if you don't start now when you're a freshman you may never get that opportunity or they feel like they're running out of time or they feel like they can't give their child more time to be ready because the opportunity will pass them by and I think that's a huge issue the pressure that the parents are feeling um and I mean, I like to tell parents, like, just because you feel the pressure doesn't mean you have to succumb to it or doesn't mean that you have to make choices because of that. And that timeline may be there. Who knows? Maybe the school that they want to go to or the the type of school that they want to go to does need them to be on some sort of timeline. But if they're not there, they're not there, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's where they're kind of like, they, they feel like they're failing if they don't get their kids these opportunities. And then, you know, they feel like their kids should be able to do it. So there's this whole, there's a lot going on. And that's an age where there's so much going on just with them as human beings, like being teenagers and transitioning to high school. And they're dealing with so much that um, I think a lot of them just really need a little bit more time, a little more support rather than you should be able to do this basically is the message that they're getting. And Stacey, you know, you bring, bring up a really great point too. And that, you know, I think that as parents, you know, they should be ready. You know, I think, I think that it, it is a complex issue because there's a culture that really supports that, you mm-hmm. know? Sure. Um, and I think that it's so easy to get caught up in that. And I remember when I was talking with um, David Emma, whose daughter uh, is a, right now is getting ready. To, she's just starting her freshman year at University of Florida playing tennis. And he was saying that, you know, in the tennis world, it was, it, that was one of his biggest challenges. And one of his regrets is it was just so easy for him to get caught up in pushing her along. And, you know, um, and so it's, 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 it, there's a lot of pressure that parents feel, yeah. you know, and it just trickles down to their, to their kids. Yeah. And I think um, what he was saying in there too, is he, he kept going back and, and checking with his kids. Like, do you really want to be doing this? You know, is this something that you really want to be doing? And I think that's so cool because when it comes down to it, when, when you're looking at your child possibly playing at a high level, right? A, a very competitive level, 
there's a point at which like you don't survive that unless you actually want to be there. Like you really love it. And it's like you, you're on fire for it because it gets hard. It gets challenging. It's demanding physically, mentally, and emotionally. And if you're not really wanting to be there, chances are you're going to quit anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think it was super cool that he was continuously checking in on them. And I think some parents feel like, well, I have to push them because they're going to thank me later. And I just feel like it really needs to come from within them. Like if that's not there, then it's not going to happen anyway. So do you have any suggestions as far as maybe how to, because I think a lot of times we're going at it from the outside in, we're trying to like motivate externally. So do you have any ideas or suggestions as far as how to kind of stay in touch with what's going on within them or how to kind of like nurture that desire within them versus kind of adding to the pressure that might, kill the flame, if you will. Yeah. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, loving them unconditionally. And when I say that, I mean, loving them, you know, for all of who they are, not just for the athlete that they are, knowing that whatever decision that they make, you know, they decide that they don't want to pursue that, that you're going to love them anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing, it requires a letting go, you know, because maybe they are going to decide that they don't want to play and maybe they're going to regret it later. I'm getting ready to interview a dad that has a baseball player that had that experience and he's now, you know, in his early thirties and wishing he hadn't given up Mm -hmm. and, you know, given, you know, uh, quit, but it's, um, you know, so I think there's, there's a letting go that we have as parents that, you know, they may regret it later. They may not, but you know, it's, it's and I, and I think that's what parents are afraid of. They're afraid of their child coming back and regretting it and being like, why didn't you push me? You know, why didn't you make me? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I hear a lot of. And I know I had that same fear, you know, cause I had the conversation with my daughter. I told her, you know, I don't, I don't want you to come back later and be like, why didn't you make me do it, mom? Like, why, you know, so we're having this conversation. I'm like, well, what is it that you really want? And I want to make sure that you really think through, you know, the implications and this possibility and that possibility. And I support you, whatever you do, for sure. 100%, whatever you want to do, let's do that. But at the same time, I do have this fear. I told her straight up, I said, I do have this fear that you're going to come back and be like, why didn't you make me do it? You know, why didn't you push me? I could have done this and I could have done that. And I was the child and you were the parent. Why didn't you, you know, that was your job, you know? And so <laughs> I, I, I thought I told her like, that was my fear, even though I didn't agree with having that fear at the time. Um, but I was honest and upfront. And I just said, look, this is what I'm afraid of. Like, I wish I could let that go, but this is a concern that I have. And so we just had this conversation, but that's certainly a real fear, I think. And I think that that's a great conversation to have. And I would add to that too, Stacey, is to normalize for kids because every athlete wants to quit at one point or another. (laughs) Especially the higher levels that they get, the the more often I think that they get challenged with, you know, do I want to continue this or not? Mm -hmm. So I think that normalizing that for the kids too can be helpful in continuing those conversations. Mm -hmm. And I love, you know, what you're talking about it being so upfront, what your concerns are Mm -hmm. um, and really being honest with, you know, with each other and, and providing an environment like we're talking with David, providing an environment where kids can be free to tell you what it is yeah. that's on their mind. Because when they stop talking is when you really get in big trouble. Right. And so that's another thing I'd like to ask you about. We have a few more minutes. And how do you create that environment? Because I think that, I, well, looking back at the way that we did things and the sports side of things, I think we did an excellent job, like positive, supportive, encouraging, you know, not freaking out if they make mistakes, just kind of letting them talk through it and, and so on. Um, Outside of that, though, not so much. It's like we threw all that out the window. We did something completely different. 
um, which is a super big aha for me. Like everything that works in sports, like everything that works with how you do that, that's creating this confident, fearless athlete that everyone sees, you can apply that to everything else. Um, because we were literally seeing confident, fearless on the field, and then uncertain follower off the field, whereas they were more like leader, leaders, you know, more like leaders on the field. And I was like, why is it? I don't understand why this is happening. I thought sports was supposed to translate to other areas of life and we weren't seeing that. And so what I realized at some point was that it's well, we were treating both like different things completely different, like how we were interacting with them and how we were parenting and guiding and leading was just a completely different thing. So we were getting completely different results. So, um, so that was like a huge thing for me to realize that, you know, we can do things differently, but what are some ways, because there are some ways that I would know I was unaware of that was ha were happening that maybe parents are doing things a certain way or saying certain things that are actually kind of shutting down those lines of communication rather than keeping them open. So what are your su suggestions for keeping them open and really nurturing that versus some things that to look for as far as like how you might be shutting them down unintentionally? Yeah. That's a, a great question. And I think that it requires um, practice and intentionality because mm -hmm. I think, you know, typically as parents, we really want to jump in. We want to give them advice. We want to tell them what to do. We want to save them, right, from our, because of our experience. And I think really practicing listening mm -hmm. and listening to the content of what they're saying and the feelings that are underlying that content mm -hmm. and being able to give that back to them because it really helps them to be able to connect how they're feeling about something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we're doing that, we're not judging them because right. judgment is a big uh, block. We're not giving them advice. That's a big mm -hmm. shutdown for kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not telling them what to do and we're just listening, asking a lot of questions. And mm -hmm. I think another, another wonderful thing in that is asking them permission can I tell you what I'm thinking about this, you know, and, and, and they can say yes and they can say no. But I think, um, you know, really asking a lot of questions and listening and providing empathy and reflection. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's huge. And I think even when I learned that, because I'm a mama bear, so I'm like, I want to fix it for you. I'm going to tell you, like, do this. If you just listen to what I say, things are so much easier. Like we would all be less stressed out. Right. That's how I felt. I'm like, just listen to me. Like, don't care what anybody else thinks, but just do what mom says. <laughs> so um, that's, that's where I was coming from for so long. And then even after I knew, like, I need to really practice listening and I still need so much work on this because I tell myself like, just listen. And the hardest piece of advice that I got from another mom was don't give input unless they ask for it. And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean? Like I'm the mom, I have to do this. I have to teach them. I have to, you know, they're like, don't, if for the teenagers, especially she's like, don't, don't give her input unless she asks for it. And then um, something else you said that was something that I know I needed to work on, but that was really difficult. And then, even knowing that once my daughter came after practice and she was so frustrated and she was telling us about how, why she was frustrated and why she was annoyed, which was perfectly valid. Like it was understandable. And my reaction, instead of just listening and validating her feelings was like, well, you shouldn't feel that way. You know, you're, if you change your attitude about this, like you should feel this way because it's more helpful to you. And, and right there, they're already like, why did I even say anything? <laughs> you know? So it's so hard. Like, even though I know it definitely takes practice and I'm yes. getting better at it, but it's really, it really does take a lot of conscious effort on my part right now. It's not second nature to me to do that, but 
being intentional about that and practicing that and really giving forth that effort and then apologizing when I mess it up. Um, oh, it's such a tremendous difference in such yeah. a short period of time. And some parents are like, well, I've done it this way this whole time and they're older now. Is it too late? And it's like, I'm, it's never too late. I think that so much good can come of just doing better as you know better and as you're, you know, you're not going to be perfect from the get go. Um, but they're so like, they're so forgiving. They're so understanding, <laughs> even if we're not all the time. So um, that's definitely the listening thing is huge. And uh, I think that alone can make such a tremendous difference. I've got so, a, a, I've got a pointer for you possibly. Right. Okay. When you get in that, that, that place of wanting to, you know, correct. Correct. Tell her what to do. There's a comfort that you probably feel in that, right? Because yeah, that's it makes me feel better. Right. right? Yeah. So you start to feel better, and you probably have some kind. You probably feel it someplace in your body. Like when you think about that, do you feel it someplace in your body when you go into that mode, that mama bear mode? I just chest, shoulders. Okay. So you like, feel it here. So yeah. sometimes, sometimes we'll have that physical sensation before we even know what's happening. And so when you start to feel that tightness in your chest or you feel that comfort level and being able to, you know, tell her, you know, to advise her and to save her, so to speak, mm -hmm. then that can be, that can be a, an interruption for you, you know, that you're on a, a track that you really don't want to go down. <laughs> that and practicing the pause, like literally yeah. just, just don't stop, talk right away <laughs> and give yourself a breath or three or whatever it is. But, um. Yeah, so great. And so many things that we could talk about and so many ways that parents can do better. And I've, I've been learning that like, I, you know, I've, I nag a lot less because I've realized just that if I just check my own attitude, lots of times there's something I'm doing or some behavior or some way that I'm interacting that's kind of affecting everything. And, and the more I just work on myself and my attitude and my mindset and, you know, how I'm choosing to show up and interact, it just kind of naturally spills into everything else and things go so much smoother when I'm not, you know, stressed out and overwhelmed. So I'm really intentional about trying to be, um, be better so that my kids can be better. I think it's like so much more natural than me trying to just be the enforcer and it causes more tension and stress and everybody's just frustrated. But since I've kind of shifted more toward being more intentional about myself and what I'm doing, um, it just kind of goes over from there. It's been a lot less stressful, that's for sure. So that's what? my mission, Stacy. That's yeah. my mission. Is really <laughs> because that's where all our power is. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's not in changing anybody else or controlling anybody else around us. The power is in looking what our role is yeah. and what we can do differently. So, yeah. I love it. yeah. And we always tell our kids that control your controllables when they're competing. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but as parents, like, we totally lose sight of that sometimes. So I remind myself a lot, like, you can't control somebody else. You know, the only thing you can control is yourself, your thoughts, how you're showing up and, um, it's it's definitely been a life-changing thing not always it's simple not always easy yes. but uh <laughs> work in progress for sure so um do you have any last words that you want to share any like big things that you really want someone to take away from this if they're listening moms or dads of athletes well i think it, it kind of goes along with what we were just talking about and something that i have you know um been thinking about a lot is if we want our kids to be peak performers, we have to be peak performers as parents. Yeah. And I think that we have to practice 
you know, the same mental toughness that we're asking them to practice and, you know, the same mindfulness and I think to be good role models. So, um, and I think that, you know, again, love what you say. It's really what our role is and what we can do um, because that's, that's basically what we can control. And so working on ourselves, I think is the best thing that we can do for our kids. Yeah, I agree. And that's, uh, it's, like how do i be a good sports parent work on you that's it. and then <laughs> end of the book that's the entire no <laughs> do better look at what you can do better stop worrying about and it's always like oh but my child this about my child i'm like well, but what about you but what have you been doing what have you been saying thinking feeling you know and what can you shift there so that you can actually be helpful in your responses so that you can actually be you know deliver the communication in a way that they can receive versus wanting to shut you out. So that's been support uh, and get support from other parents. From yes, that's like you. So yes. Why don't you tell us about where you're at online, where people can find you and connect with you, um, the podcast, how they can find the podcast, and so on. Okay, thank you. Um, so my podcast, you can get it through my website, which is kafcounselingandsportperformance.com, or um, at uh, parentingpeopleformers.com. I'm on iTunes, but it's kind of easier just to go through the through the website. And you can reach me by email at Kathy at KAF Counseling and Sportperformance.com. Cool. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. And um, if there's anything I can do to support you, get the word out about things that you're doing besides the podcast, just let me know and I'd be happy to do that and kind of get your, I just love what you do. And I'm so thankful that you're doing that and showing up and servicing and, you know, giving all that love to families. So thank you so much for what you do. Stacey, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me tonight. You're welcome. This afternoon over. This afternoon for me. <laughs>